you look great. You're doing good. You are fabulous. Yes, that's right. Welcome to the podcast for moms by this mama, keeping it raw, real, and unfiltered every Thursday. Let's get into Christian Mom Uncensored. I'm back and it is my birthday week. If you are listening to this podcast, it is Thursday. My birthday is Saturday. Friday is St. Patrick's Day, and so I got a lot of things to say. Let's talk about everything. Week. Let me just give you the rundown of this week. I feel like every mom is busy, but I feel extra busy, okay? And maybe it's just because this week is uniquely going to be a lot because of it being my birthday. So let me give you the rundown. Last weekend was the last weekend of basketball. I don't know why my voice is doing this and it's annoying. But anyways, last weekend of basketball, my husband has been swamped. And I mean, like he spent all of this extra time doing things he wasn't supposed to have to do. He wasn't supposed to need to do, but he has like that good Samaritan soul where like he can't like let things fall apart or like leave someone hanging. And so what happened was he was doing all this basketball stuff and I was going stir crazy in my mind because there's all of this house stuff that I want to do. So that was like a big area of like contention. And I was like, listen, I need all of this stuff to be done. And so the last weekend of basketball, he did not referee. He kind of just played coordinator, which is his position, um, really, and got some stuff done around the house. Okay. Because that was what was driving me crazy was like, we only have a couple more weeks until the baby might appear. <clears throat> a couple more weeks till the baby may or may not appear. And I have been saying this baby's coming in May, this baby's coming in May. But now it is statistically impossible, not maybe not statistically, but realistically impossible for the baby to come in May based off of what my doctors are informing me. And so <clears throat> this past weekend, it was clean out the dining room, rearrange the bedroom for a better setup for when baby comes. And that is just like, great that we got that done. So then, um, this week comes and it is the busiest week. And I'm at the point now where I'm not sure what to do, but I'm just gonna like (laughs) try to figure it out and lean on my village for the next four weeks. Let me talk about like, One of the reasons why I didn't want to have gestational diabetes, aside from all of the health stuff that is very frustrating or can be very frustrating. I don't want to say it is because there's days where I work it out and I figure it out, but this is still a relatively new diagnosis. So it's like all of these recipes will eventually get old. And so I have to like kind of work in a good rotation so that I'm not getting tired of things. But then the the days are really busy that I have to kind of prepare. So like if I cook dinner, I need to make sure that dinner at least has leftovers for lunch or for my next dinner and then go on from that way. And then I'm in this whole phase where it's like, well, if I'm eating this way, like my kids and my husband don't need to, right? Like it's completely fine. But like, should I maybe try to incorporate some of how I'm eating into how they're eating. And it's this whole thing where I'm like, okay, let me like replace snacks into some healthier snacks. But then you know how it's like healthy snacks are disguised as healthy snacks. They're not really healthy. So it's just a lot of food research and it's exhausting. But I am moving into like a crunchier era of my life as I turn 30. Um, I'm talking like just like a little bit crunchier in terms of like fruit and like farmer's markets and like it's hard because this is what I'm going to say about this. I feel like, and this is going back to my very first episode, I talked about silky moms versus crunchy moms. Silky moms, formula feed, they go to work, um, they have no problem having like a babysitter, they are like the modern mom, 
while crunchy moms really like want an unmedicated childbirth and they want to like breastfeed everything is organic no gmos like that's they're into baby wearing and where i fall is somewhere like most moms in between and um sometimes it's like necessity and sometimes it's like the way life plays out that like if you're a working mom and you're going away from your child all day every day pumping and working is realistically very hard and any mama who does it like you are a goddess it is very very hard I did it with my first and I'm gonna do it with my third but the difference is that there's only one day a week where my pumping schedule has to be intense and that's the one day a week that I'll be away from my baby anyway and so long story short I feel like I'm moving into a crunchy mom era and it's not or not even like a crunchy mom era just like a earthier version of myself maybe it's just me like growing up and having like the flexibility in things um to do so so we're gardening this spring (laughs) I laugh because I really don't know if I can do this but I'm gonna try um I have always made my own baby food um, in conjunction with buying baby food in conjunction with baby led weaning. So I've always been a good mix of crunchy and silky parenting because like realistically, sometimes you wear yourself out trying to like, oh my gosh, if I make every single meal for your baby, like you can do it. But sometimes, you know, if you're a mom on the go, it's easier and it's more convenient. Or if you're a mom at a restaurant, for instance, um, it just depends. And so like, I've kind of always did a mix where like my baby will take a pouch. Um, and I used to do spoonful, which is like a healthier, I think it's like a better alternative than to like, if you were to go to the grocery store and buy a baby pouch. Now, if you are, there's nothing wrong with that. We all are, we are all consuming things that we don't naturally need to consume. I feel like it's so weird when people are like, oh, we weren't meant to take vitamins. We were meant to like eat and get our vitamins from our our diets. But it's like, well, if functionality says that there's no way I can get enough vitamins from my diet, I'm going to take vitamins. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, so my crunchy mom era, it's all about like replacing some of those like name brand snacks with healthier alternatives and not just replacing So, you know, like your kids might like want to eat goldfish or Cheetos or things like that, like kind of replacing those and puffs. Like I'm not going to be buying like Gerber and like Cheetos, like those kinds of things. And I don't think it's bad to give your kids those. I mean, it's not like healthy. It's not like the most optimal diet, but I do think that there's ways that I can like have a mix. Like I'm not going to lose my mind if my kid eats Cheetos. Let's be honest. He ate some this morning not this morning. It was like around, well, it was technically morning. It was like 1145. But anyway, um, and so I'm not going to lose my mind, my mind if he has them. I think that the, the way to, to, that I'm trying to move forward is to offer like some better alternatives and even get away from the processed snacks in general, which, which is why I said I'm moving into my crunchy mom era. What does that mean? It means that, yes, I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy snacks. And I'm going to replace snacks that I think are, you know, really artificial, really, really unhealthy with better alternatives that are still probably not great, but they're better than handing you a bag of Cheetos, right? So I'm going to do all that for when I, when you have to like necessarily go and grab a snack, my intention and what I do with my oldest and she loves this and my youngest as well is I make snack plates and that's their favorite thing in the world so my new intention is to make like three little bento box kind of things smaller bento boxes not like the full lunchbox size um so they can have their quote-unquote snack plates because sometimes okay so this is just how I've had my house set up we have a drawer like a, one of those like plastic three drawer carts in our kitchen. And each drawer has a different kind of snack. So there's like 
oatmeal and grits in the top, like instant oatmeal at the top for breakfast. Then there's like granola and granola bars. Then the next drawer might have like um, individually wrapped goldfish and Cheez-Its and animal crackers, crackers. And then the very bottom drawer does have chips individually wrapped chips and the reason why I had that drawer was because sometimes when I'm at work specifically when I'm teaching I can't step away and grab you a snack but you can go grab a snack if you're hungry and so my kids will like and, and they, they love to go into this drawer and get snacks which is why when I kind of replace some of them with like better options the granola bars I feel really good about um I'm going to do a little bit more research before I say that, but Elliot really likes the Z bars um, and they taste pretty good. And so he, he could eat like five of those a day, but I realized he was pooping a bunch. So I was like, you can't eat this much. Um, and so my intention, and then also my kids love yogurt. Like they could eat three or four yogurts a day. Again, I don't recommend that. So it's like, hey, you had a yogurt earlier, buddy. Let's do a fruit cup or something like that or an applesauce. Um, they're not huge applesauce kids. They're not huge applesauce pouch kids. They were at one point. Um, now they kind of waste them. So I'm like, if you're not going to eat these, we, we don't have to consume applesauce. It's fine. So long story short is I'm reorganizing my fridge to have the door. I saw it on TikTok organized for snacks, but then for them to have at least two, I said I was going to do three, but at least two kind of pre-made bento snack boxes that have like a protein, uh, maybe a fruit or veggie. It might be like, Mia likes carrots a lot. It might be like carrots, um, some cut up ham, um, some cucumbers and some cut up cheese or something like that. Something where it's like, you're not going and grabbing like a chip or a cracker you're going and you're eating like some veggies and something good for you. You might have like string cheese in there. Um, and they really love snack. Like strawberries are their favorite fruit. So one of them will definitely have strawberries, grapes, or their other favorite fruit. Of course, I cut up Elliot's grapes, um, all of that. And that way when they're snacking and they're having a snack, they're like, I really think those like, you know, to-go snacks are fine. But like these little mini meals are going to be a little bit more sustainable um, for them. Anyway. That has nothing to do with my week. I'll be setting that up at the end of the week on Friday. But this is my week. So I turned 30 on Saturday. And because I turned 30 and because the clock is ticking on the baby, because life has been busy, I really just want to spring clean and buy stuff for spring right now. So what that entails is, I've said this before, on Wednesday, Ethan took off work. Um, one of our good buddies, you guys know Uncle Jordan, he's off. They're going to get the U-Haul and they're going to haul stuff to the dump. They're going to haul stuff to Goodwill. They're going to drop off things that I do not need or want in my house anymore. Because, one, we are now going to have a, a third person in this house. It's not a big house. Um, and then, two, because I said so. Oh, <laughs> no, just because I went... I want to like kind of redo some stuff. When we first moved in, moved in a couple years ago, we bought like a bent, like an outside set. It didn't last. The set that I got last year is a lot more durable. Um, and so we're getting into like a gazebo situation to set up outside. Some more like outdoor play for the kids. Just making sure that like we have like shady, comfy, like hangout spots. Because our backyard in the afternoon is like direct sunlight. Like the sun is direct. And so if we have shade, then at least we can be out there. Um, And my kids are pretty fair. And so they burn pretty easy. And so just being out back there. And then we already have a couple pools. I am going to get an inflatable pool that has a slide on, on it and everything as well. And a trampoline. Because I realized that if we go to the park during the summer, it might not be every day. It might be like twice or three times a week, depending on the weather, depending on how I'm feeling, depending on how the baby sleeps. I don't want to feel like pressured to go and do things when I know the kids have lots of fun things to do at home. And so my goal for the summer is 
really, a lot of times, like I would say, we're going to go do so much. And I normally jam pack our summer with adventures and things. Not to say that we're not going to go on adventures, but to keep it realistic. So realistically, if my husband is with me, it's going to be a lot easier for us to go and explore a new place. And so, yeah, I do have a goal for the summer is for us to explore one new place every weekend or at least twice a month. Like, let's go explore a new place. Um, there's actually a lot of places that I want to explore. So we probably will end up exploring um, every weekend. There's a lot of splash pads in the area I haven't been to. Um, just going and there's a couple lakes I wouldn't mind going to. But again, this baby is a really new baby in the summer. So like, we're talking that by the time he's a month old, it'll be May. So he'll be two months old in June, three months old in July. So he's going to be really little still, like still a newborn for most of the summer. So I'm hesitant about crowds and heat and um, being out in the sun and things like that. Not to say, like, the sun is good. The sun, it's, it's all well and fine. That's why I feel like our backyard's fine. I can be like, we're outside for a bit. We'll be in a shaded area. I'm even going to have a fan outside to circulate in our gazebo so that we don't have to be too hot if it's too hot um, and that kind of thing. It's going to be, like, a really good outdoor setup. So the kids can play outside for some time, and I will be able to also manage the baby and then also the incentive for going inside is what ice cream and popsicles so of course the basement fridge and the upstairs fridge will be packed with that the outside cooler is going to have snacks um so anyway part of what I want for my birthday is to set that up because I just don't feel like we're going to have time to set it up in the future I mean at least like let me buy the stuff let's clean out the backyard so that we can set up all the toys nice let's like scrub the toys like clean the toys out so I can feel good about the kids playing in them and then get them their new stuff um for me as graduation I'm gonna go ahead and get her like the trampoline I think in um so when she comes home she'll have that and then she asked for this like outdoor cooking set I want to I'm gonna have Ethan go ahead and buy that one and <laughs> we're gonna get that so they're gonna have so much to do um but so this week the function of diabetes, I, I'm sorry, I get so side, I get so sidetracked, but is that I have a million appointments, a million appointments and a million copays. So this is why I didn't want to have this. I didn't want to have this because I didn't want to have to stop and test my blood sugar while I'm teaching, stop and have snacks while I'm teaching. I've kind of figured it out. Like, obviously I was like, how am I going to do this? Because the first day I was like really not doing a good job of stopping and eating and stopping and tracking. I figured it out. I go, okay, class, we're at a good place. We're going to take a 10 minute break and I'll, and I'll go have a snack. Um, but the hard part now is that the way that my household operates, if you're just like, how does your household operate? Everybody's household operates differently, right? Like if you're a stay at home mom, you might be in charge of school, pick up some drop offs and all of the dinner stuff. And then dad might take over nighttime routine. Or if you are both working outside of the home, you know, like one of you might drop off the kids off and then the other you pick you up. Then that, this is my routine. So I'm home four out of the five days of week of the week. Ethan is home two out of the five days a week. So we're trying to get him home three days because my days function as I get up, I get the kids all ready for the day. Like, I mean, their clothes are laid out and I have to immediately start breakfast and immediately log into my computer, right? Because the minute I log on, that's the start of my work day. I log on, check emails, send my good morning emails, pull up anything that I need for the day. So if I'm instructing that day, I'm, I'm part of a three-person team. Then I will make sure all of my information is pulled up. On the days that I instruct, my husband is normally home because I need to be able to focus and have it quiet and stuff, right? And not be distracted with the kids. And so he's usually home and he will handle getting Mia to school and kind of dealing with the kids during the day while I teach. On the days that I am not teaching or he is not home, I log on, give them breakfast, um, get ready for the day, drop me off at school, come back, log back on, um, join the class again, listen to the class go on and on and on, um, 
try to answer questions in the chat that are going on while I'm stopping giving Elliot snacks, stopping giving Elliot Play-Doh, stopping giving Elliot, you know, things to do. And then it'll be like 12 o'clock, stop what I'm doing from work, go pick up Mia from school. At this point, it's getting exhausting. <laughs> I don't have to do it tomorrow, but I do have to do it later this week. And it's really annoying having to carry Elliot into the preschool together, but then it's like go into the school, pick up Mia, come home, do lunch, hop back online with the class, try to get Elliot to nap when my class takes a break, and then that's my day. It's busy, okay? And so my goal was like if I could teach, because we're a three-person team, I don't mind teaching twice a week every week. There's five days in the week. If I have to teach twice a week, boom, it needs to be the two days Ethan's at home and it's working out. So here's what happened. One of the members of my team is training for a position. She'll be back at the end of the month, but that means there's only two of us now. And so there's days where I teach three times a week and days where I teach two times a week. And the days that I teach three times a week are challenging because that means that one of those days I have the kids. On top of that, I'm required to go into the office once a week. And so I try to line up my teaching day with the day that I'm in the office because boom, that's perfect. There's no kids. Ethan's at home with them. I can teach. So that's the situation for this week where I go into the office Tuesday. I teach Tuesday that I also teach on Thursday, but Ethan needed to be home. This is where it starts getting complicated on Monday because I had a doctor's appointment. So this is why I didn't want gestational diabetes because we worked out our schedule so that I could at least, I knew ahead of time, whenever we're doing the schedule for teaching, I'm gonna try to teach on the day I'm in the office. It makes the most sense. I'm right in the class with the people. But now I'm in a position where this week, I really need you home three days, if not four, because I have multiple appointments. So I have a doctor's appointment and then I have an ultrasound on Friday. I've had a virtual appointment. Now the virtual appointments are fine. I just need to make sure they're scheduled around a time I can accept it. So it needs to be, if it's like the day I teach, it needs to be in the afternoon when I can kind of release the class to work independently. And then on top of that, I'm gonna have to start going to ultrasound appointments once a week. So guess what I did? I scheduled it on the days that I'm supposed to go into the office, but that means those are days that I cannot teach. See, because now I'm going to be at work late. And so it's just becoming a hassle where I really need a babysitter once a week. Do I have time to find someone and trust someone once a week? The answer to that is no. The answer to that is no. The only solution I have in my head is I have a friend who's a stay-at-home mom. Actually, she works part-time. If I could line it up on a Thursday, she might be willing to come over in the morning and help me. But it's still hard. And so now I'm just trying to figure out, like, is my mom available? Is my grandma available? Can somebody take this child to school and um, trying to figure out my appointments and it's just becoming hectic. On top of that, I'm not sleeping well because I still sleep with Elliot. It is my problem. It is my fault. Everyone is like, you need to get him out of the bed, but I'm also not rushing myself, guys. I told you I'm crunchy. My kids co-sleep. They breastfeed for two years. Like, this is who I am as a mom. And they're only little ones. Them sleeping with me is not spoiling them. Like, it makes them feel safe and secure. However, I think I've said this every week Friday. I do want to try and get Elliot to sleep in his bed. For some of the night, at least. Um, I don't think he'll last the whole night. Because he does follow me into the bathroom if I go to pee in the middle of the night. And I guess it's like, it's not like a graceful, like, slip out of bed now that I'm giant and super pregnant. It's, like, really hard, actually, to get out of bed. And I'm not sleeping well because if I lay on my left side, my hips hurt. If I lay on my right side, my hips hurt. I can't lay on my back because it's, like, bad for the baby. And so I'm just completely uncomfortable um, all night long and all day long and all the time. And it's getting kind of frustrating. 
pregnancy is like beautiful, but I've done it three times. I don't need to do it again. And I think my body is tapped out. I think it's like you've done. I'm a little person. Okay. Like I'm a short person. I'm not very like large. Like I think that this is where as far as we can go pregnancy wise. I feel like if I had more room, like it would be fine. Um, and yes. So then the other thing going on this week, Wednesday, we're getting the U-Haul Thursday. My cleaning lady comes Friday. I might, I have my, okay. Saturday is supposed to be my maternity photo shoot. It is going to rain. So now my outdoor photo shoot has to be rescheduled because of the rain. So then we're thinking, let's do it Friday. And I'm like, mm, I have an ultrasound and I don't even know how my kids are getting to school. I don't know if Friday's even going to be possible, but um, call me on Wednesday and I'll let you know if it's possible. And so we're watching the weather and if I'm going to do a photo shoot, right, I need to be shower shaved and groomed sometime before now and Friday, right? So that's the other thing. And every night I say I'm going to do my nails and... <sighs> Part of being a mom and part of like holding on to yourself in motherhood is do things that you would do. Like for me, I have always been like, even in college, I had a huge thing of nail polish and then I started getting into wearing like false nails and stuff, fake nails. And my thing was like, I will never leave my house or in that case, my dorm room without my nails done. I won't. They got to be cute. They got to be fr- I will never wear a chipped nail. I will never have chipped toes. Like everything will always be cute. That went down the drain once I became a mom. And so I was trying to hold on to some of my identity. It's like, let me do my nails at least because I go to the office tomorrow as I'm recording. And, you know, I'll feel good. I always do feel like a little better when my nails are done. But every night I'm so tired. And even right now I cannot fathom doing my nails. Um, Maybe I'll paint them real quick and I'll feel good. That won't take too long. Um. And so I'm trying to maintain some of the semblance of who I am by doing the things I would always do. I always do my nails. I never leave the house. I always wear a blazer to work. I was about to wear sweats tomorrow. Like, I can't. Guys, this is the third trimester, Brittany. She's showing up rough and tired. Like, I don't know. So I I am going to have a good week in the sense that it's busy. But by Friday, my house will be cleaned out of all the old stuff. Um, our cleaning lady is going to come and actually clean the house on Thursday. So like by Saturday, um, everything should be okay. Like everything should be okay. Everything should be okay. My house should still be intact. I shouldn't have to clean anything because our cleaning lady would have just come. I shouldn't have to be staring at clutter because we just threw away everything in the house. And so Friday I plan on going and getting some cute little decor and stuff from Marshall's and, um, or TJ Maxx, whichever, if I, it depends on if I go to Walmart or not. Um, and just putting up like some new curtains. I'm going to do the kids room. It's been heavily girly. And so Elliot does have like boy bedding, but I want to put up some like Mario wall decals on the wall. Cause he's really into super, super Mario right now. I don't know why. Um, he just likes to watch YouTube videos of people playing Mario. Um, like Mario Kart and like Mario Party. It's weird, but I'm I'm down with it. And um, some cute little decor stuff for Mia to do. Oh, did I mention that Friday's also St. Patrick's Day? And Mia now really wants to make a leprechaun trap. So now I have to figure out how to make a leprechaun trap. I found a leprechaun trap kit on at Party City, but I have no time to go to Party City until Thursday. Per- Oh, and so, yeah, I have to definitely get that leprechaun trap. I did already lay out their St. Patrick's Day outfits in mine. Like, it's really cute. I do want to do some cute pictures on St. Patty's Day. Um, I typically do heavily celebrate St. Patrick's Day. I call it St. Party's Day. I always said to call that in college. And I, the reason why is because it's the day before my birthday. So, I, like, St. Patrick, that weekend's always a heavy party weekend for me. Like, a heavy, heavy fun weekend. And so then on Saturday, supposed to have a photo shoot that might get canceled or moved to Friday, if not the following week. Um, and then Sunday, I have a baby sprinkle that my mom and grandma have worked on. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be that big, I assume. But then 
I don't know, like, who they invited besides the people I asked them to. Like, I'm not sure if there's anyone else on the list and who's coming, but I did see one thing I got off the registry, so, um, which was a new baby monitor, um, which is really good because I honestly don't know where my other baby monitor is. My kids are big enough now that I don't need to watch them sleep. They will yell, cry, and come get me if they need me. So... Now to talk about things I saw on the internet, which is always the case. No, we're not going to talk about Hailey Bieber. We're not going to talk about Selena Gomez. I want to talk about mom stuff I saw on the internet. I um, follow different moms on TikTok, obviously, because I'm a mom talker. And one of these moms that I follow is having twins. And she's a little bit more pregnant than I am, or she's around... She is her, she's quite, her belly is so big because she's having twins. And I look at her and I know how much she must hurt because um, of how much I hurt. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, this like poor, and it's not like when people like say, oh no, poor you, you're going to have twins. I actually think twins are a blessing. I don't have them and I, I'm fine with my one. But what, what I think is a blessing is siblings, I mean, um, because Mia and Elliot, their relationship is so, so sweet. And I, so I, I imagine like having twins, it's even more intensified. But she was talking about how for her, she made it, I think, to 34 weeks, which is amazing. Or maybe it was like 32 weeks, which like, that's really good for twins, like to still be carrying them, to like not have gone into labor, to have not needed any emergencies. And she was talking about how it was annoying to her, um, listening to people talk about, I didn't get the birth I wanted. It's like, ultimately you have a healthy baby. Why do you care about the birth? And that is the part I'm going to comment on hmm, because hmm, that's an interesting take. And, um, here's my take on it. One, I do think there's power in perspective, right? So I will first say that I think there's power in perspective. So for her, she's obviously naturally a higher risk pregnancy. And so when you have something going on that makes your pregnancy a higher risk pregnancy, you know that perhaps the way you would picture birthing your kids or, you know, having your kids is going to look different due to medical necessity. So there is power in perspective. So for her carrying two, I imagine her, and this is just me speculating, imagine her perspective is, I will just be so happy if both of them come out happy, healthy, and home with me. That makes um, so much sense. However, however, I do think there is power in that every person has the right, every woman has the right to have the birth that they want, okay? And naturally, during childbirth, there are things that aren't going to go according to plan, just like life. Like, you can plan out the perfect life, the perfect day, the perfect date. Something You're not going to be able to find your favorite shoe. You guys are going to end up late for the movie. You're going to spill your popcorn. You can't control some aspects of what happens. But overall, having a good birth experience, I think, is very important. Um, and I think that recognizing people who have traumatic birth stories is is super important. Because I have been in, especially when you're in positions where during birth you're talked down to, you're forced to do something you don't want to do, you're misinformed, um, you're in a higher stress circumstance, um, things like that. I think, you know, like when you're giving birth, you should command the room. You should, it shouldn't be, yeah, that's a good, I mean, like, like for instance, for me, I'm not super bossy. Well, my husband would beg to differ. Maybe I am. Um, but with my first baby, for instance, I did not intend for my whole entire family to come. They did. Now I think it was a beautiful experience, um, but that wasn't part of my plan. Everyone just came. Um, I also didn't articulate to them, like, don't come, because I also wasn't sure how I was going to feel in the moment. Um, with my second, it was emotional to me because 
it was the pandemic. And so I knew my mom couldn't come visit me. I knew my daughter couldn't come meet Elliot. And in this case, Mia could come meet the new baby. But I don't want her to because I just would rather like capture the moment at home, like let it happen organically at home, especially since I don't want Elliot to come to the hospital at all. Because I remember um, I had a friend who had multiples and she said that for her, the hardest part about having her second was when her first came to the hospital and then had to leave. That was the hardest thing. And so I feel like me leaving already is going to be hard. Like me leaving Elliot already is going to be hard. I can't imagine him coming. He's such a mama's boy. I cannot imagine him coming and then having to leave me. And so for that reason, it's best that he does not come at all. And I'll FaceTime him and it's going to make him upset when I FaceTime him. I already know he's going to want me. Um, or he might get excited. It, it's just, uh, I don't know if you guys can hear how stressed I am about this. I am praying that my labor in the hospital is so quick that I only need to spend a night in the hospital before I get home so that he's home with me. And then at the same time, it's like, you know, this is two days out of his little tiny life. He's going to be fine. Um, am I going to be fine? There's a very good chance I'll cry for him at night. Um, there's a very good chance I'll sleep really good and just enjoy the couple hours of sleep that I do get before a nurse interrupts me or a baby cries. But I think that when it comes to birth, we should have the power in like, there's like, there's a, there's a twofold birth is a really traumatic I don't want to say traumatic, but like a hard process for the body to go through. Let's be honest. A lot happens during pregnancy and childbirth. That is a lot. Let's, let's acknowledge the fact that people don't always make it out of childbirth and that preeclampsia is a huge issue. Postpartum preeclampsia is a huge issue. Hemorrhaging. That was something that happened with my first. That could be a huge issue. Um, it takes a lot to have a baby which is why it's super empowering when you do have one. However, not everything is an emergency. So like, let's normalize like childbirth is fine unless it's not. And when it's not as the doctor, you, you know what my heart rate is. You know what my baby's heart rate is. You know what my blood pressure is. Like you, you are aware and monitoring, like if you're in the hospital setting, at least you're monitoring all the things, right? And so if heartbeat's good, Blood pressure is good, and it's taking a little bit longer. Let it take a little bit longer, um, which is why so many women opt to have babies at home because they don't want that intervention that the hospital wants because, you know, it is still um, a business. Hospitals are businesses. Um, if you don't know that, you should know that. And then, well, in America... But also, I also want to say that there's a lot of really good labor and delivery nurses that are trying to do the balance between what you want and what the hospital or doctors want. And like, I feel like for me with my last birth, I had really great, I don't even remember the nurses. Oh, no, I do. I had one nurse. Duh. I was like, I don't know. Um, I had an attending come in and she was a person of color. She was young and she did not care what I did. She was like, you're good. You're good. Until my doctor started coming around. Then my doctor's like, mm, you want me to break your water? It just was broken. It wasn't just like all the way. She's like, will we just finish it? I'm like, yeah. Like just know going into birth what you, what you're fine with and what you're not fine with. Like, am I okay with them breaking my water? Yes. Um, statistically they won't have to cause it always breaks on their, they might have to, like, finish it off like they had to do with Elliot. But, like, normally before I get there, my water breaks. Um, that's pretty much the only intervention I am kind of want with Roth or with the baby. Um, man, I just told y'all his name kind of, but not really. <laughs> You're going to be like, what? You probably know what it is if you know me. But, um... 
But also, I kind of want to make sure that I'm sure of his name before I tell y'all. I'm going to change my mind because I'm notorious for that. But I think it is important to have the birth that you want. Even if you know you're having a C-section, like let's say like if you know that you're going to have to or if you are scheduled one, I think that there's power in like the planning and preparing for that as well. Because I don't want C-section mamas to feel like less than, because I feel like sometimes that is the case. It's like, I didn't get to push out my baby or like, or you think you're better because you had a vaginal birth. No, I don't. I just know that for me, a C-section sounds more traumatic than pushing out my babies. And I would rather just like the body was designed to do this unless there are reasons why I cannot or I medically shouldn't, then like, please let me do this the way that I've done it. But if you are going to have a C-section, like planning for that as well, right? Like I think there's power and feel and and choices and having choice in what you do. Um, and even if it's like I'm going into the hospital and I want an epidural, compared to where I where I fell short with like um, Elliot didn't fall short, but I was crying a lot when I got an epidural with Elliot, and I was like, I'm supposed to be able to just handle this. I'm, I didn't do this naturally. And my doula was like, you still pushed him out. He still came out fine. Like, don't, you're, don't you shouldn't be disappointed in yourself. You did the darn thing. Um, and so this time I am a lot more like, you know, whatever happens, happens. Like if I get an epidural, I get an epidural. If I don't, I'll be like, wow, I didn't. But if I do, I don't want to set myself up to feel bad if I do get one. Because um, also I do want this to be like a beautiful, peaceful experience and, I'm really, really tired, so I don't know. We'll see what, we'll see what the Lord has in store. Okay, so my opinion is that you should, you know, acknowledge that traumas happen in birth, and, you know, birth trauma is a real thing, and that we as women should have choices and rights to birth however we want. If I want to push on all fours, I should be able to push on all fours. If I want to use a squat bar, if I want to squat and push, I should be able to squat. If I want to get in the bath, I should be able to get in the bath. If I want to get in the shower, I should be able to get in the shower. We shall have um, birth options. Now, I want to say something that I'm bad at. And I don't know how to fix it, but I'm working on it. So... Today I went to the doctor's office, really quick visit, because you know, like, once you get to, like, so when you just have an OB appointment, it's like, pee in a cup, okay, there's, your your urine's fine, you're, this is how much you weigh, I still am so happy with my weight gain, I know that it's probably going to pick up a lot these next couple weeks, but I just haven't gained that much, I'm just like, wow, I'm really proud of, like, if I have to lose, like, if you lose 20 pounds, like, the minute you give birth, I'm going to be, like, less than my pre- pregnancy weight like it's like okay this is going great but anyway um I'm very uncomfortable now I'm very tired now I've been very stressed now and what I have not seen lately but just started seeing today is my husband trying to make sure that I'm relaxing and not stressing about little things like dishes in the trash and vacuuming now in laundry I'm really bad at letting things sit so like he's like I will get to it please sit down and relax I'll sit down for 30 minutes and then I'll look at it and I'll do it and so what I'm realizing is that once I give birth I'm gonna have to let him take over the house in terms of like dishes sorry dishes um hey can you, you know, refill my water? Those types of things where I like things done immediately in my way. That's going to be really, really hard. Like, can you heat up dinner? He He's a good cook. My husband is a good cook. He just, like, cooks dinner late and uses a lot more dishes than I would. And it makes a bigger mess than I would. So it's like, oh, I'll cook. And it's like, I have realized that I, I do need to, because the days can be really busy and high strung, take some time to breathe, like right now. And relax and be comfortable without a baby bouncing on me. As like without Elliot, baby, Elliot bouncing on me. Or Mia, you know, wanting to sh- me to look at something. Like let my mind rest. Um, my heart, my blood pressure is really good. So it's not like I have high blood pressure and I'm trying to like not lose my cool or anything. It's just that it's good for me 
good for the baby to relax. And so I'm going to start trying to do that more when he's here um, and lean on him more because I don't have to do everything. And I think all of us should do that regardless if we're pregnant or not, is that we do, as mamas, we naturally feel like we have to do everything, but we don't. If you are a single mama, then yes, I'm sorry. Then I, I should have said like this, like if you have a partner, rely on them. Um, if they're trying to be active and involved, let them. If they need to take over things, just let them do it, even if it's hard for you. Um, if you're a single mama, you are the real MVP out there because I don't know how in the world you do it because I don't know how I'm doing it with my husband and it's like a lot the other thing that I really realized is that you should appreciate I don't know my voice has been like this guys I think it's because I'm tired um what you have and where you are as you work towards where you're going you guys know I talk about my dream house a lot it's going to be a lot bigger than my house is now my house is smaller right it does have three levels so like up here in the main, um, um, I'm upstairs in my room. I can't hear the kids in the basement. My kids do have, you know, they, Mia and Elliot could have their own room. Someone would have to share with the baby because it's a three-bedroom house. But that's fine. And what I realized is that I really want to buy this like, big house. I really want to buy this big, fancy, beautiful, gorgeous, blah, 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 blah house that's, like, amazing. And I'm like, I'm going to do it next year. But it might take me too. It might not be next year. It might be the following year that we're actually prepared to do this. Because it might be a big move. And I'm really realizing that I need to appreciate the walls and space that I have. Because it's been nothing but good to me. Nothing but good energy. Nothing but peace. And so I'm going to appreciate where I am as we work and save to buy the dream. Because I really want to, like when we buy the dream, I want <laughs> nothing to be spared like I don't want to have to worry about a single thing speaking about letting him take over the house something else that I saw on social media that I thought was really good I'm not really sure where I saw it or like who it was it was like some preacher or somewhere on um, a reel and she said something that I thought was pretty profound and interesting considering the state and how I typically feel about what goes on in my relationship and stuff. And so she said that what wives were, here's like a summary. Okay. Hopefully I do it justice. Basically as moms, we give our kids grace for everything. We love them unconditionally. They can say, I hate you. They can make a mess. They require a lot of work. And yet we just love them. They have meltdowns. They don't always do what they say. They're always dirtying up the living room and dishes and we don't care. We love them and we give them grace. But when it comes to our spouses, we expect something different from them, specifically wives ex from our husbands where, you know, he didn't take out the trash. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. And instead of us being like loving them unconditionally, this resentment sort of builds and it's like, for little things that maybe do or don't matter and maybe we should love our spouses the way we love our children in the sense that we give our children a lot more grace and I thought it was an interesting take because I agree and disagree because <laughs> I agree and disagree because I think that sometimes we can be a little too hard on our partners right a little too hard like I expect a little too much or you know I for here's what I, for my example I work from home I <clears throat> I'm having a baby I'm raising my children and I'm trying to instill values in them and emotional development and do all of these different things and I am also still waking up at night like 15 times to pee and then also Elliot has been sick and this time change has been the worst it's been a bad it's been a bad week and so what happens is I am like Ethan will be tired or basically the basketball season he was staying up till 4 a.m working on stuff for basketball or until you know 2 a.m hanging out with the boys and he'll say he's tired and I'm like I don't care if you're tired I went to bed on time but was woken up by one of your children I don't want to hear you're tired that was a choice and I realized like maybe I should extend some more grace <clears throat> even if it's things that like I don't necessarily agree with or not that I don't like agree with but I just feel like 
you know, my time and energy and effort are, are for necessity and like his time, energy and effort are like choices. Like you can kind of choose like, oh yeah, I'll get to the trash. I don't, I don't live in that kind of mind space. Like if I see it, it's getting done. Um, if I need it to be done, if I'm asking you to do it, I'm not asking you to do it later. I'm asking you to do it now. And I've gotten pretty good about like, once I'm noticing the trash is starting to get full, being like, Hey babe, can you take this out before dinner or before a specific time frame?" And then that gives him the choice of between now and then when it goes, I'm trying that kind of method. It does kind of sound like I'm mothering him in the sense, but I, I do think that at the same time, and this idea of like loving unconditionally, I love you. Uncon- I love you conditionally. <laughs> And I think that's controversial. <clears throat> I heard somebody else say that. Does your love have conditions? Now, for my children, no. My love does not have conditions. They are my, my kids. But for my spouse, yes, there are conditions. Um, and you're going to be like, what? You said I do when you have conditions for your love. I think if you look at your relationship, you probably also have conditions for your partner. Um, and my conditions aren't very much. It is to treat me and the kids well and to not step out. Like, do your best in this life and don't step out. Um, my condition for uh, the, the condition in which I have the right to exit or the, 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 the situation where I would exit is infidelity. And we've never had any kind of situation like that ever in my whole existence of life. Um, but I'm just saying that that is my condition. So is my love unconditional? No, it's almost unconditional. I, I have... I have a couple requests. Do not always, or, or, you know, stay faithful. This is my first request. And take good care of your kids and me. And he does those things phenomenally, um, obviously. But I think it's funny when people are like, no, I love you unconditionally. And I'm like, is that true? Um, do you, is that really true? Like you would love your partner. And I've known people who have been in situations where partners cheat and that's not an, a condition for them. They, they stay um, and they kind of work through it or they're like, it was a one-off or whatever. Like, hmm, that's a big condition for me. Um, and then in terms of just loving them like children, I think that if we give them grace all the time, like, okay, it's one thing if you're the nagging person, the, the nagging partner, you never do this. You never do that. If you are a considerate partner and I've worked hard the past couple years to be that. Thank you for doing this for us. Thank you for putting in your time and energy. Thank you for, you know, I appreciate you. I, I've been working on that these past couple years. So that when something needs to be done, I'm not nagging. I'm just like, hey, do you mind throwing the laundry in when you go down the stairs? That's not nagging. There's household responsibilities that fall on two people that made this household. And so um, in terms of like, my kids are not old enough to do laundry. I mean, like without assistance. So I'm not going to be like, Hey Mia, could you go throw in the laundry and expect her to do it? But there will come a point in her life in, in Elliot's life and in the baby's life where they're going to have responsibilities. <clears throat> um, and so right now, for instance, I'm trying to instill in these next couple weeks before the baby comes a little more responsibility with Mia. And she's actually really great. She's really responsible. She's really good with her brother. She's really good at like, if she gets a snack, getting him a snack. And he mirrors that. Like if he goes to pull a snack out the snack drawer that I talked about, he gets her one too, or he brings me one. Like he's considerate like that. I don't think she'll ever have friends over and like get something for herself and, and not offer it to her friend. Like she's very hospitable. But it is time because she's four and kids are messy that you've played with this toy before you move on. Let's put it away because she's very bad about that. She'll play with everything and then put everything away. And so that's the kind of responsibility I'm trying to instill in her. So that when the baby comes, it's a little less chaotic. Baby coming. Um, I had an ultrasound today. It looked fine with the hospital. One of the annoyances of having gestational diabetes is that you have extra appointments. And so I'm waiting to see what they say about going into the hospital for non-stress tests. No one has mentioned any of that yet. 
Um, they have just been looking at my numbers right now. I'm diet controlled. My fasting numbers are good. I'm kind of learning what snacks help, help my fasting numbers and like what time to take my fasting number and things like that. But, um, we are definitely in countdown mode for baby. They're like in four weeks, you'll be 38 weeks. And I'm like, yeah. And at that, at that rate, I will have, if he hasn't come and if he isn't on his way about a week before he comes, because they don't, they want you to deliver by your due date. And you would think that would make me crazy, but because we tackled so much of the house stuff this week, I feel at peace. There's just like four things I need to do. Um, the car seat needs to go in the car. I need to notify the pediatrician that they're the pediatrician. I still have not done that. Um, and I need to, um, stay in the table still. We haven't done that. And I might honestly do that Saturday, um, which is my birthday. And so speaking of my birthday, I <clears throat> don't have a lot of plans on the actual day. And I feel like a lot of things got messed up and, I was in my feelings about it because this is a big birthday. This is 30. Like, this is a new decade, a new, you know, a chapter, the turning of a page, the end of an era. And initially, I was going to, my original plans were to have my maternity photo shoot and then to go to dinner with friends and kind of have, like, a cute, like, like layout in the house. Maybe everyone would come back and we would hang out at my house. Well, what happened is, was not everyone's available this weekend and it looked like rain. So we rescheduled my photo shoot to next weekend and dinner to next weekend. So all my birthday plans were kind of washed out. Um, so now I'm going to a training for the group that I volunteer for on my birthday in the morning. Um, and I will probably go shopping a little bit on Saturday at Marshall's, like just walk around Marshall's and shop and maybe go to dinner with my husband and my kids. And that will probably be what I do. I'm going to go get like some cute self-care stuff and like trying to make a cute situation. Um, but it does really look like not a lot's going on. The, di- the thing is that the next day is my baby shower though, like my baby sprinkle. And it sounds like there's going to be at least seven people there. So like, I think it's going to be a good time. Um, I'm excited because my best friends will be there and we'll be able to just talk about the baby and things like that. But I did really want to have a birthday and then a baby situation. So that's why I really tried to plan a Saturday where I was going to go and have a photo shoot with my girls or with myself. My best, my best friend was going to come and have dinner with friends and be like, it's about you turning 30. And then the next day have the shower, but that the photo shoot and the dinner are being moved. And so then I was kind of feeling like I'm the type of person where my birthday is a big deal. And I like party hard. Um, I plan to do a lot. I plan to do events. You know, my best friend's cruising for her 30th. She'll be traveling for her birthday. I can't really travel. (laughs) I traveled in February to Disney. Like, I'm done traveling till after the baby. And so, it is feeling like, what can I do to make this special? Like, I'm not sure what I can do to make this special. And I guess it's just about having the most chill birthday um, that I could have. I'm going to look to see if there's any yoga classes. Um, my best friend was like, go get a massage, get a prenatal massage. It's just so like my birthday is tomorrow. I don't have time to book it. I'll go ahead and book one for like to, to do like soon. But I think that because my schedule is hectic with work and the kids in all of these doctor's appointments that I am just going to enjoy a day where I can put on something really cute and comfy. I can take a, like, I'm going to do like a pink outfit. I'm still going to like decorate my dining room and take a couple pictures and I'll wear something cute and pink. And then I will eat some food. That's good. And then I will watch a show that I want to watch. Whatever I feel like watching that day. I might want to watch Fifty Shades if you don't know. It's one of my favorite movies. Do not judge me. Um... Or I might want to watch trash TV. I might want to watch Yellowstone. I love Yellowstone. Um, I'm not Yellowstone's not trash. Yellowstone's great. Um, I might just want to relax. And so 
take a bubble bath with a bunch of self-care stuff, maybe like set up the bed really pretty, like do adulting things. My husband was like, you're such an adult. All you want to do is stay in the table and set up yard furniture. And I'm like, yeah, welcome to my 30s. Anyway, not about husbands, children's babies and birthdays. I'm ending my last day being 29 by taking a bubble bath. I got my free Buffalo Wild Wings. The cool thing is that like you can eat wings when you um, have gestational diabetes. Their carb count is really low. Like all that there really is is the sauce. And the sauce that I get is only two grams of carbs. So I actually can eat something with my wings. I'm going to have a salad. I'm going to try to find some sort of carb to eat. But yeah, it's been a journey. 29 is over. I'm entering my 30s very quietly, mostly because I'm so exhausted. The time change has made it rough for the, the Stewart household. Um, Elliot just yesterday he kind of went to bed like at 9 30 and it's been like wow you're asleep before 10 just because it's just been difficult um Nia's been sleeping in later than normal it's been like harder to get up but we press on we're that, that much closer to spring the sun's staying out longer and so I'm gonna go have some fun this weekend I encourage you to do the same take care of yourself and um I'll talk to you guys next week peace and love bye bye